enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Sandy. And this is a podcast about horror every week for the last three years. Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic, down to that rare gem rolled on the plump, smooth thighs of a Cuban lady (laughs) at the back of your video store shelf. This week, we're starting our big December miniseries, you know, for kids. Mm-hmm. About kids' movies, yes. or uh, child-focused, or geared, I guess. Yeah. Marketed, however. I like the the term child-focused. Child-focused, That yeah. doesn't sound creepy at all. Oh, no. <laughs> and we've been banned most places, but we got promoted on Twitter, so yes. that's good. Uh, <laughs> this week, we're starting it off with the... Disney film from 1983, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Before I get to the question, Tim, I got you a little gift. No, you got you a little gift for the three year anniversary. Oh, there you go. Wonderful. Oh, okay. Uh, Describe describe what you're looking at. All right, so I'm I'm opening a shirt. And, uh, oh, that's got my girl on it. Oh, I love her. Um, okay, as I unfold it here. <laughs> Man, it's packaged yeah, it is, pretty tightly. It's well folded. Oh, oh <laughs> yes. It just reads, I'm with her. And then it has a picture of Carrie White looking her most focused and with ill intent. And it's beautiful. That's fucking awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We were in uh, Portland, Maine not too long ago, and I saw that in a window, and I was like, perfect. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it, you know that somebody is special when they have you cheering for <laughs> them committing the murders of many other young people. Yeah. Like, that's usually like pretty well um, not celebrated in our, in our culture. <laughs> Well, with Carrie, she deserved everything that she dished out. Yeah. And uh, God bless her. Carrie White. Oh, I love her. I got myself a shirt. I uh, have already lost it. I don't know where I put it. <laughs> but And I'm surprised we never brought this guy up because there were two shirts also in the window. One said, Stephen King is the best. And then the other shirt said, and this is the one I got, that said, Dean Koontz is all right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so awesome. good. But yeah, we never brought up Dean Koontz. Yeah, that's right. Because bu- he's a name I haven't heard in 15 years. Yeah, too busy talking about Clive Cussler. <laughs> right. To get to a Dean Koontz. <laughs> right. He's not even a horror guy. <laughs> no. Wow, that is awesome. Uh, that's so, and I mean, even Dean Koontz would have to be like, yeah, I, I yeah, get it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> At least I'm on a shirt. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get any uh, so money So happy off of this. three years. Happy three not years. Not a big, yeah, we're not going to make that. a big episode about it, but. No, but three years is Cheers. something. Like two years is kind of like, okay, you've, you know, you're hanging in there and things, you're still in the honeymoon stage. Three years is some dedication. Yeah, yeah. 
right about my level of time to call it quits. <laughs> no, I'm just going to keep threatening yeah, that for right. the next three years. Or yeah, maybe. like the uh, Dread Pirate Roberts uh, <laughs> right. that like <laughs> right. threatens death the next day every time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carrie Elways is going to be. Uh, you can catch him in South Bend. Oh yeah, what was that? What was that for? He's going. They're going to be showing uh, Princess Bride, and oh, he's okay. going to do a little Q and A. Like I'm sure he's never been asked like, <laughs> right. the same questions about that. You kind of, kind of, you got to wonder about that a little bit. Like he was just on. I mean, uh, two seasons ago, Stranger Things, and he was awesome. He was hilarious. Was he? Yeah, he was the mayor, like throwing the carnival and stuff like that. Like kinda, I do not remember. Him and that at all. Yeah, he's kind of like, remember Hopper? I don't is gonna even remember cut, there being a carnival. Yeah, Hopper's going to cut his finger off with that cigar cutter uh, in his office, and he beats the shit out of him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. All right, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, obviously. <laughs> we have different levels of enthusiasm for that show. <laughs> right. But you get you get on Stranger Things, and you think, like, things are going pretty well, and the next thing you know, you're in South Bend. Right. But You, you can do both, you know. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, no. Uh, did you have a question for me? Oh, all right. Jeez. You, well, Get no, right no. I'm, I'm happy to talk about Carrie Elways for, uh, forever. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. I was just kind of curious, you know, how a, uh, a mysterious evil carnival would, would come for you. What do you think they'd play on? What weakness of yours oh. would they use to entice you in order to... Whatever they do. Sure, right, right. <laughs> perfectly stated. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, gosh, it certainly wouldn't be what this carnival comes for, which is to offer people like youth and like, you know, <laughs> eternal like virility. Um, I'm not interested in that at all. Uh, but they no. just push you over the four men beard dye box and you're like, this is all I need. Thank you. Yeah. They're like, here's like a free month's worth of your testosterone. And like, I'm, that's fine. I, that's all I need. Um, Someone leans over and goes, millennials do suck. You're right. <laughs> right. I'm like, see, yes, this is what I'm saying. You know, you get it. I'm going to live forever. Um, but uh, I'm going to try and not cough. Too, if, you, if you remember from our Strangers episode, I had developed a slight cough, which turned into full-blown laryngitis. This is the best I've sounded like in 10 days. So. I think you sound great. <laughs> great. Thank you. Um, so what would it what would it do for well the here's the thing like that's this is what's awesome about what this carnival does or what any i guess creepy carnival would do is not to like outright scare you but they're luring you yes so it would have to be something that was going to lure me but ultimately be my downfall well this is tricky <laughs> i mean it's not really tricky at all but um <laughs> Time to be honest about uh, yourself. I, w- <laughs> I would say, I would say, um, sp- you know, I've grown a lot recently, like in the last several years. It could have easily offered me like, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it could have offered me like fortune and fame. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the thing that everybody thinks they want just to be famous. A big Hollywood contract. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> And I just don't, I don't know. I don't pine for that anymore. And I'm going to tell you something. This lines up nicely with our three-year anniversary. I think that this show has provided a platform for me to feel heard enough that I don't have to, like, project myself on people as much as I used to. <laughs> okay. Like, being on stage was, you know, it's, 
it's about the craftsmanship and it's about the artistic process and blah, 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 blah. But it's also about like, look at me, like drink it in, (laughs) you know? Um, But I don't feel that same compulsion to do that anymore because I, this show just lets me get stuff out. Like I'm always able to kind of squeeze thoughts that I'm having during a week into the show somehow, (laughs) like somehow make it work for the movie. Um, so yeah, I don't have that same desire anymore. I think that, um, I think that the youthful thing that, that there is something to that though, because it's like, I don't care who you are. If you say you're not vain or whatever, when you reach, you know, your mid forties or certainly approaching your fifties, like anything can happen to you. Yeah. It would still be a tragedy, but they'll, they'd be like, well, how old was he? Well, he's 47. Oh, okay. Yeah. He had a, <laughs> he had a stroke and died. I'm like, it happens. It doesn't happen or shouldn't happen when you're 17 or 27 or even 37, but you get into your forties and you know, death is just right around the corner Yeah, <laughs> waiting for you. And um, so, yeah, the idea of somebody saying like, no more, no more aging, no more, no, no physical problems, looking exactly the way you want to look, being able to wear whatever clothes you want to wear without going. You see, that's the thing. I know exactly what to do to get to look exactly how I want to look. It's just a massive fucking effort. <laughs> massive. Every single meal, every single day. It's, yeah. it's that. It, my metabolism requires that it's like nonstop. Like it's uh, an obsession almost to, to get to a decent amount of weight loss, like 30 pounds or whatever. Yeah. So for somebody to come up to me and, and, you know, with all the charm of a carnival uh, to say like, I can just snap my fingers and you're going to be a uh, waist size 30 <laughs> and you know, you're, you're going to live forever. That would be really tempting to me because I, I don't, I do not want to die ever. Yeah. ever. Well, now we've talked about the dangers of living forever. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to make like 120 look good. Right. Like okay. I would be, yeah. I'd be satisfied with that. Even if I didn't look it age at all, you I think just millennials are bad. Wait for like three <laughs> generations down the road. You'll be like fucking end this. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yes. For the record, I don't, not, I don't think millennials. I'm are not a part of this world anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, whatever the equivalent is of like a VCR that I can't program the time on, <laughs> whatever that is, three generations from now will drive me to the to the edge. But um, no, I it'll just be a simulated VR world where what? you can't program your VCR. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll just be a VCR. Exactly. I mean, there's it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Um, no, I um uh, I that that's that's tempting for me. That would be tempting. And I say this like right on the verge of um, making a return phone call to nail down a, uh, an appointment to have a doctor stick his finger up my butthole. <laughs> uh, so as I'm like cresting that wave of being, you know, anally penetrated, hey, no kink shaming here. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to add like, can you just work the outside a little bit before you go in? Like, yeah. just. Like, Mind if I put this movie on? Yeah. Let's make this fun for both of us. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah. So, you know, not to not have to do that. If you didn't want your, your butthole fingered. Yeah. Uh, would be nice. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, some people, everyone do. does. It feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. People are resistant to the idea. Maybe they've been taught like, right. Don't do that. But if you would, ne- yeah. Cause if you had never been taught that that was taboo, you'd walk down the street oh, and see people you. fingering yeah, their buttholes all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. There'd be like chairs designed with just little rubber fingers on them. You could just sit right down and right. just wiggle. <laughs> that would be so great. Um, <laughs> this is this is the future that we could have had. <laughs> right. If we hadn't been founded by Puritans, you could have butthole fingering yeah. stools if at only Main Street. The persecution uh, they they wanted was like <laughs> to persecute for not doing. I don't know how to f- form that right because that is the misconception is. They came here to escape persecution. No, no. They they were all about it. That's right. They weren't allowed to persecute enough. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're like, we're going to go find our own place where we can persecute to our heart's content. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'll pay more taxes to finger my butthole <laughs> right. without shame. Like, I'll, that's, a, that's a fair trade-off to Who me. Who needs roads? <laughs> I can get a chair that fingers my butthole. Yeah, maybe that's what the end of uh, of Back to the Back Future, to the future. was. Yeah, we don't need roads. You just see Marty's eyes get big, like whoa! <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, I hope our friend Jim, who was like, "You guys don't just sit there and laugh at each other in these episodes, do you?" I hope this is the one he checks out. Right? Yes. We need to just like edit it all down to just laughing back and forth. Right. Yes. Um, no, I think he would appreciate butthole fingering. Um, so, <laughs> Disney movie then? Disney. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the Wikipedia facts, yeah. and then we'll get into this. Okay, so this is something wicked. This way comes from 1983. It was written uh, by Ray Bradbury, who adapted his own work. Directed by Jack Clayton. It stars Jonathan Price, Jason Robards, and Diane Ladd. Yeah, what is so funny? Is my voice? <laughs> Still laughing about the we don't oh, the need bro- roads. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. No, it's all right. It had a budget of $20 million. Box office, 8.4. I was shocked. But I was too young to really understand yeah. box office at the time. But yeah, a fucking flop. Wow. Which makes sense because you can only get this on YouTube. Yes. A fantastic quality Crispy. on youtube yeah, yeah it, it looks like i rented it from apple yeah all right let's do nan some even though she uh, watched this with me and then read the book immediately after <laughs> let's do nan some and get into some red. spoilers yes quotes on red thank you uh will halloway and jim nightshade are two young boys and best friends in the town of greenwood illinois the town is small and cozy everyone seems to know everyone else and nothing of note ever seems to really happen That is until a mysterious carnival comes into town, bringing rides and games led by the even more mysterious Mr. Dark. Will and Jim suspect things aren't as they all appear to be, and their suspicions are confirmed when they witness Tom Fury, a lightning rod salesman, being tortured to reveal information about an incoming lightning storm. Now, with the help of Will's dad, the two boys must fight back against the evil invading their town in the Disney children's thriller, Something (laughs) Wicked This Way Comes. There was no way to force that title into a (laughs) sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're you're just going to play around with Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, I like like, for two minutes I was worked and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to tough to improve. Just calling it a Disney movie is crazy enough. Yeah. Yeah. Wild Bill is uh, tough to beat. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, lightning rod salesman. Yeah. Is that still a job? I don't think so. I mean, but more, I think he's more of a, he seems like that's kind of a mystical figure within this, to me at least. Yeah. Within the confines of this weird dichotomy that's going on, he seems to be like the force of good. Even though he's like a doddering old, I, I of course it's I didn't that write fucking dude. It's that fucking dude. He Not, was in it's, Motel it's, Hell. He was in Killer Class from Outer Space, and it, he was in what? What did we just do? That the, he was like in? the last two movies that we've done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it, he's basically he's not Cuddy Sark. That's what his name is. <laughs> but whatever, whoever. Oh no, wait. I know his name is something like. I'll look it up. It's like something favor or something. Oh. Um. Yeah, you look that up. But lightning rods. So what's the science behind a lightning rod? I mean, is there anything to that that you would put it? Because it's a real thing, right? You'd put yeah. it on your house. For what purpose? Well, I think to, uh, you know, I don't know what we have now that, like, helps with, like, fire prevention from lightning. I guess it was just kind of a thing to direct the lightning to a place so it doesn't damage something else. Assuming that your like house a preventative, is be, yeah. Were there a lot more house lightning strikes Listen, at one dude, time? I, this movie was set like a hundred years <laughs> ago. True. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah, that um, that that whole Main Street setting uh, just looks like too good to be. Royal true. Dano is the guy's oh, name. Oh, I don't know where I got favor from. No. Royal Royal Dano. Yeah. Or Dano? I don't know. Yeah. Is he Paul Dano's? Is he related to him? I don't know, but the first name Royal is great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Royal Dano, a.k.a. not Cuddy Sark, uh, <laughs> is also in this. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's got kind of a storied uh, history here going all the way back to um, – you know, and I'm just kind of like pulling some of this from memory, but it goes all the way back to the 50s that Ray Bradbury originally wrote a story called Black Ferris, and that was going to be developed. And then that really didn't go anywhere. That was going to be um, something for Gene Kelly. Oh, yeah. So Gene Kelly was going to be a part of this. And then um, like it just kind of kept kept getting reworked and never really took off as a screenplay. So he wrote it as a novel. And um, then that's when Kirk Douglas, who that guy just is. He was everywhere. He had his man. He had his hands on everything. And so he was going he wanted to be in it. So he he put up like six million and his son was going to produce it. And then that went into production hell. And then that was saved by, I want to say it was Paramount. Uh, and they were willing to put $16 million into it. So that kind of got things going. And they pulled Bradbury back in to say, like, okay, you know, obviously you wrote this. Like, what do you think we should do? How do you think we should cast? Um, who should be the director? And he's like, well, in one of the incarnations, it was going to be the director that we now have, which is... What's oh, his name uh, Jack, Clayton. Oh, Jack Clayton, Jack Clayton. The only thing that I mean, most people might know him from is he did that 74 version of Great Gatsby. Yeah. So he's kind of known for doing like literary adaptations. Like, okay. That was kind of his bread and butter. So, yeah, probably the right guy. Yeah. So they, he brings on Clayton and then um, they, they get things going and Kirk Douglas's son is brought back to be a producer. Kirk was on to do something else. 
Uh, I don't know what. I'm assuming it was. It was a little too early for that. Uh, what was? <laughs> what was that old guys in prison movie? Like, oh, tough guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little predates that by a little bit, but he was obviously onto something. Is this good. the second time we've talked about tough guys? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> This is that, which is the first time that anybody's talked about tough guys twice. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, shit. anyhow, uh, so they're they're back at it. Things are rolling. Um, Bradbury and Clayton want to stay close to the novel, uh, but Disney is shockingly interfering, uh-huh. and they uh, they actually kind of they're so Disney's so fucking underhanded. They go to Clayton and they're like, like, hey, I know that, you know, this Ray Bradbury wrote the script, but we'd like a rewrite and we want you to find somebody to kind of just do a little ghost rewrite without Ray knowing about it. And they forced him to do it. They forced the director to find somebody. So he found somebody to write it and uh, or do a rewrite on it. Ray Bradbury found out about it. He's like, I'm fucking Ray Bradbury, you know, (laughs) Um, and so they had a falling out. And um, God, do you remember? You want to talk about a blast from the past? Do you remember the Martian Chronicles? Yeah, on TV. Yeah, we were little. Yeah, but I mean, it was freaked it, me. That out. was some freaky ass shit. Yeah. Was that it was a miniseries, wasn't it? Yes, like on yeah. PBS, right? Oh, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. I remember um, my dad having to explain a lot of stuff because I didn't know what was going on, but the concepts he was explaining were just like fucking blowing my mind. Right. So yeah, which I'm, is how I know Ray Bradbury, like. I only know him as doing like space stuff. Right. So I didn't even realize he had a part of this until I watched it. Right. And then, yeah. And I mean, and he probably wanted a bigger part of it, like to write it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but well, he got the credit. Oh, yeah. He's got the credit. And and they were going to like pull in like a Christopher Lee or a Peter O'Toole uh, to play uh, Dark. And um, then they were like, well, let's save some money and get this actor that nobody's ever heard of before a Welshman by the name of Jonathan Price, uh, who thank fucking God for that. I love both of those other guys, but Jonathan Price, you know, what really shocks me is I've said his name to several people in, in preparation for doing this show. Yeah. Not a lot of people know him by name. No. And, and even if you show them his picture, it's kind of like, Weird science, like our son, Gary, like, <laughs> right. like, like it's Jonathan Price. Like, you know, this guy, but then you try to think of things that he's been in and you're like, uh, there was like a commercial or yeah, yeah. he was the governor in Pirates of the Caribbean, like the governor. What character is that? <laughs> he had that supporting role in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, yeah. like none of the he salesman. was the bad guy in a Bond film. No one saw. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he is amazing oh, in this so good he's fantastic and um what a treat too because i did not know he was in this movie at all and then when we decided to do it you were like jonathan price is in it i was like wait what <laughs> like he's the scary guy like yes. which that made sense because yeah i mean i you and i probably know him from brazil mainly yeah like yeah if you're a terry gilliam guy you know who jonathan price right, is yes but outside of that niche, <laughs> right. niche or whatever. Yeah, I, I like niche. So anyhow, they they uh, Disney was just like, okay, let's see a rough cut of what we've got going, and they don't like it at all. They think that it's too long. They don't like the feel of it. 
the, the director and Ray Bradbury were, were trying to capture that quintessential Midwestern feel. Uh, Ray Bradbury is from Waukegan. And so, you know, they're trying to capture that. And I don't know if Disney just didn't realize that there is a Midwest. Yeah, right. Like, they thought that, like, the feel, the vibe of it didn't really, like, match up with, you know, it's like, it's not dusty like Texas. <laughs> it's not the city like New York. This doesn't exist. Right. Um, so, but it does. But they just didn't get it. So they put in another six months of reshoots. You'll be happy to know that one of those reshoots is the spider scene. Oh, God. I, I was. Oh, my God. Look, I'm just. What a you. what a traumatizing uh, memory that whole bit was like. It goes on for so long. I wrote here. I literally wrote. Uh, <laughs> oh, here it is. It's somewhere in here. Um, so. Okay, here's one note that says, holy fuck, price is amazing. Um, <laughs> I just wrote, uh, oh, fuck the spiders. I'm so sorry, Andrew. Like, literally, it's written out. Like, even for me, who doesn't have a spider thing, like, ugh. There are so many I forgot about them under, under the Under the bed, oh. yeah. <laughs> and then he steps on one, yeah. and I was like, more. <laughs> It's so good. Oh God! But so yeah. many spiders. Uh, Two hundred actually. Oh my God! So um, suck it, Kingdom of the Spiders. <laughs> right? Yeah, you just want to see like William Shatner doing that little hopscotch, like <laughs> like through the uh, right. through the pile. Um, so anyhow, they um, they Disney orders all these reshoots. They put. Um, I think they put up another five million or four or five million dollars to do these reshoots, and um, they changed the ending. One of the things that I think is kind of sucks, and I'd love to see this, they took out what would have been one of the screen's very first examples of CGI. So there was a whole CGI segment of the. It was CGI mixed with traditional animation, yeah. and it was the carnival-like unfolding, like oh, coming to life. Okay. And they were like, no, we don't like that. That doesn't look good enough. We're, we're taking that out. Though. And it probably didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess they know what they're doing. Like, it's a pretty popular brand. Um, then they did Tron, and they did it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What year did Tron was Tron before this? Yeah, good question. God, it might it, It's right around it's there. It's got to be right around it. So um, anyhow, uh, it, it, the movie comes out. Roger Ebert loved it. Uh, three and a half stars. Nice. Um, and it's 82 it, was Tron. 82. So was before, okay. Yeah. They're like, we spent all our CGI budget for <laughs> right. the decade on Tron. Yeah. So standing on the shoulders of Tron, uh, <laughs> they decided nonetheless to, to yank that sequence. Um, so. You might be asking yourself, like, what's the origin of this story, even in its written form? And it was that Ray Bradbury was uh, 12 years old in Waukegan, Illinois, and uh, Carnival comes through town. And the Carnival is called, it's got this really great name, Dill Brother Combined Shows <laughs> is what it was called. So obviously, like, a lot happening at the same time. <laughs> Uh, or at least two things. And um, so they come to Waukegan, and there's this performer in the carnival named Mr. Electrico. And his whole thing was he would sit in a, he would get electrocuted, basically. Yeah. And so, you know, Ray Bradbury sitting in the, uh, the front row. He probably just had one of those static orbs. Yeah. And with like, my hair. Uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like. 
just like the the store manager from Spencer's just like standing <laughs> off in the wings, like just waiting to get it back. <laughs> but yeah, so anyhow, this dude's electrifying himself to some some degree or other. And Ray Bradbury's just eating it up. And then Mr. Electrico like puts both of his hands on Ray Bradbury's shoulders and he just looks at him and he just goes, Live forever. And like has this like really like just profound effect on him. Ray Bradbury, the next day, goes to his uncle's funeral, and so he's sad. So he's like, well, I'm going to go back to the carnival and, and feel better. And he sees Mr. Electrico, and he you know, he kind of remembered him from sitting in the audience. And so he took Ray Bradbury around, and he introduced him to all the people, the, the people being um, kind of like some similar things that we're used to hearing in carnivals. The skeleton, the fat lady, not, <laughs> not the bearded lady, just the, the fat, fat lady. lady. Um, the tattooed man and of course the dwarf. Uh, so like Ray Bradbury is meeting all these people. And he actually said that this was the thing that inspired him to be a writer, like just having the curtain pulled back on this like fantasy world, you know, yeah. funny thing is, uh, Bradbury aficionados, uh, cannot find any record of a Mr. Electrico. Oh, at any time. Wow, not a lot of hard records kept on a traveling <laughs> carnival guy. Right. Weird. Imagine that. Yeah. From I, 1930. I, obviously trying to firmly establish himself in society by being a traveling carnival worker. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so did did Mr. Electrico exist? Did this carnival exist? Was it a magical carnival? Oh, Who knows why? Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> But either way, it inspired the story that we have in front of us. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be similar to my story. Um, this was on HBO. It wasn't an HBO like yeah. a lot. Yes. So I, did you find yourself remembering things to the point that you knew that you had watched this more than once? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as I was watching it, I was just like, oh, yeah, this part. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there were very few bits I didn't remember. Um, but were yeah. there any bits that you were surprised that you remembered those bits more than others? Um, no, because I mean, obviously, the spider that whole sequence ingrained in my brain, yeah. Uh, like I would have nightmares about like my ceiling cracking and spiders coming out, you know, it was like that was just like because it's in the intimacy of your own bedroom, like. How quickly, worst. how quickly when you were watching the movie this time, did you re remember the spider scene or did you already know it going? Oh, in? yeah, yeah. Oh, that I definitely remember. Yeah. I totally forgot. That sat with me. I always remembered the like the the tattooed faces and then him squeezing his fists and yes. then bleeding like that fucked with me as a kid. So that never left me. Um, and the merry-go-round at the end. Those those three bits were just like boom. I really didn't remember anything about the uh the lightning rod salesman. Yeah. I did not remember him being a kind of key factor in things. Yeah, I um it's it's kind of funny when you watch this stuff when you're a kid in and it's kind of your first exposure to stuff that isn't just hey kids happy clappy, you know. <laughs> it it it's do you remember as I do like those first feelings of of just being unsettled, like we were finally watching something that could be unsettling to you. Right. Yes. And this was one of those things. And but yeah, I just remember. Yeah. Especially the hands. Just like 
how's that happening? Yeah. Like what, what's going on there? Why would somebody be like piercing his skin? Yeah. Like is, are the tattoos bleeding? Like, is that hurting the kids right now? Because he's doing, yeah. I had so many questions when I was a kid about it. One of the things that I didn't question was that, and this was, I, I thought it started with, uh, with Mrs. Um, Mrs. Huxtable. This was, I believe, the beginning of my attraction to African-American women. Oh, uh, with oh Pam. did you find Pam Greer attractive? <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. Suck at Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, right. You were not the first guy to I be like, first. I need to yeah. use Pam Greer. <laughs> but it was yeah. Jack Clayton. <laughs> she's beautiful in oh, it. but she's yeah. what's but again this is going my point is in tying back into what we were just talking about that it was a really confusing for me to see this attractive woman but who is is up to no good like she's evil right. but she but you want to look at her yeah. you know so that was that was interesting <laughs> I, I can read your mind right now but um <laughs> So, yeah, the idea of like an attractive woman who, who you know, wants to do harm. Um, but uh, but no, she's great in it. Everybody's great in it. The the carnival for for having. Well, I guess this had a decent budget. I mean, it, I'm not going to say that this was low budget by any means. Yeah. But I mean, like it, it, it doesn't feel uh, faked. The one thing that I think is interesting now, this might be a, uh, something for, you know, our historical listeners. So that downtown, it feels like a back lot, right? Like it feels kind of like a movie lot. Sure. But my question is, is maybe downtowns just kind of look like that. Right. You know, like without a bunch of, I mean, because it's like there's no parking meters. There's no, maybe not a ton of cars. Yeah. Um. So maybe it does just look nice and clean like that. Yeah. They like, you know, that's where it. You know, this is when people like got together and did things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the idea of like just getting off work at the library and stopping off at the bar and having a drink before you go home and a yeah. cigar. Speaking of which, Jason Robards, some people are born and they live a normal human existence. Some people are literally born for one purpose only, and that is to have a cigar in their mouth. This man <laughs> was he's fucking made for it. Like, as soon as that cigar gets in his mouth, you're like, ah, like, now I can relax. <laughs> like, he just is made for it. And he has, I don't know if there's another actor like him. Um, he's got a really interesting voice. It's hard to describe. It's it's a sort of lower voice, but it's kind of oddly, like, throaty at the same time. Um, and he just seems like he seems more grounded than other actors, you know, like, yeah, he seems like this is probably a a well-adjusted human being. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like a real life Atticus Finch. And we were talking about how he's kind of a, reminds us of a dad of one of our friends yes, who is a Atticus Finch type guy. Right. And, and older, a little bit older than, you know, that's the other thing. Because think about that, like, I probably wouldn't have wanted to be any older than I was when when my girls were born. Um, imagine being like, I mean, well, how old do you think he's oh, supposed to be in this? I don't know. He's like in his 50s, at least. It's, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably even closer. They mentioned 50s later on. Yeah. I think it's probably more in his 60s. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
like for example, my my coach at the gym at the MMA gym, he just he's got two sons that are you know grade school age, middle school age, and then he just had his daughter, so he's fifty and oh, just had a baby. Kill me. And he said that's where he said he's gonna stop sleeping on his back, you know. <laughs> Insinuating that his wife just yeah, uh, planned a vasectomy, right. dude. <laughs> well, that too. That's what I did to avoid this precarious scenario. But the thing is, it's like I, I mean, if 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 anything is going to keep you young, like give you drive to to stay healthy and young, it's going to be the fact that when your daughter is twenty or seventy, yeah, when she's thirty, which you're eighty, yeah. That's that's a lot. Well, I think that's why my wife loved this or connected so much with this movie because her dad is old as fuck. Right. He is a walking mummy. Uh, I love him very much. Uh, but no, like he's, you know, he's in his 90s. Yeah. And she's in her mid 40s. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So yeah. she had a, a very. Yeah. She, you know, she he was our age when he had her. Um, so yeah, I think it really hit home for her. A lot of the themes in this movie, uh, and she wanted to explore that and won't stop fucking talking about it. Well, <laughs> I think that's great. I think it's great. And I, I you know, I, I remember this movie fondly. I think it resonated me the, with me the way that it did was because I had, I, I was blessed to be in a neighborhood that had plenty of kids. Um, but one particular kid was my my uh, next door neighbor. So you did the best friend of, you know, I had a best friend. You had a Nazi, uh, <laughs> but this kid lived next door to me. And um, so, yeah, we, we did, we did everything together. So I think watching this at the time that we were hanging out a lot, you know, that, that uh, boyhood friend thing resonated. Although these boys bicker at each other like they're goddamn a, a married couple for 50 <laughs> right. years. Little well, just... even with them, age is a thing because they're I don't remember it being really said in the movie, but at least through the book, they're both born on Halloween. They're born a minute apart. Oh, OK. So Jim Nightshade is a minute younger than Will. And that's his whole thing about in the book is wanting to get on the carousel because he's been jealous that Will is so much older than you can he basically is. step on step yeah, exactly off. like how long do you think you need to be on that thing dude <laughs> right no but it's it's funny and and the casting of these kids is really weird like they both had to read a bunch of times they had I think the um the actor that played uh, Jim Nightshade uh, read it went back and read at least ten times for this. And he always read as uh, Will, the the opposite part. Okay. Because the actor that played Jim Nightshade, who is supposed to have dark hair, actually has blonde hair. And the character that plays Will, Will is actually dark haired. So they cast. Interesting. We did suspect they dyed Will's hair. Yeah, because his didn't features know that about, don't yeah. really. I mean, he's a good looking. He's a cute kid. Yeah. But his features don't really match Careful. that blonde. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ch child focused. <laughs> Um, <laughs> maybe that's the, uh, what I want to say, the euphemism for being a pedophile. I'm child focused, <laughs> um, but anyhow, so they, they cast those two kids. They both dyed both of their hair. Um, and weirdly enough, I think you probably had the same thing I had in trying to look these kids up. I don't think they did fuck all else. I mean, I don't think yeah, they did Will anything. did some like Star Trek shit when he got older. Okay. But yeah, I don't think Jim did much of anything. 
Like no. his picture on Google is of him from this movie. <laughs> right. And to tell you the truth, you know, there's Sean young- Carson was Jim and Vidal Peterson is Will. Oh, okay. Vidal. Um he's fine. I, I, I think that what you need from the character of Will he projects, yeah. which is fine. I don't know if the kid's like the most natural actor in the world. The kid that plays Jim Nightshade, probably a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I'd say. But they're both fine. They're both good. Yeah. Yeah. And they both, uh, you know, and they're surrounded by really great talent. So, right. I mean, it's it elevates it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really about these two boys. And then I, I kind of didn't remember. I didn't remember so much of the focus on the fatherhood thing. Like, of course, as, right. as the movie started, I, immediately I'm like, okay, yeah, he's his dad is obsessed with the fact that he's older or whatever. But this is some heavy shit. Like, because here we are talking about Disney wanting to get into like they want to sort of not well, they want to dirty up their image with this movie. Literally, yeah. like they wanted to get away from the the clean stuff. But why go so far to the point where you're like making a movie that is about a late middle aged man's like sort of like self imposed impotence on himself? You know, <laughs> right. like that's some heady shit for a kid. And I remember, well, you know, that. you got to appeal to the kids and the adults that take the kids. <laughs> yeah, so that was right. Exactly. Right. It's today's fart joke, like yeah, <laughs> but it's a little headier, yeah. But like that whole scene, and I, I don't mean to jump around, but that whole scene at, you know, when he's finally facing, um, you know, his his biggest regret, which was uh, Will was uh, kind of swept up in a current of a local um, river or creek, and he had never learned to swim, so he doesn't go in after his son, basically watching his son die. Yeah. And then thankfully, uh, Jim Nightshade's dad was there to pull him out. But um, that's kind of his biggest regret in that, you know, he's too old. He's got a bad heart, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, like heavy themes for for like I, I, when I watch this, I feel like it came out damn near almost went straight to uh, TV to cable. Right. It wasn't that much longer. I mean, it, it was well, I like mean, how much do you remember about theater releases when you were seven? <laughs> well, true. But do you remember way back when it took a long ass time? This is more about about uh, renting videos, but you remember how fucking long it took for a movie to come out on video? Yeah. It was like years, yeah, like a year or two. Yeah. And then it started coming out like a video. Yeah. Then it became like a, there was a, a moment in time where it was like clockwork. A movie would be released six months later. You could rent it six months after that. It was on cable. Yeah. Yeah. That's about like, right. That was a very nice. Now it's, you can, uh, you know, see a movie in a theater and next week it's on Netflix. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Right. You can just picture a movie in your mind and then turn on Netflix and it's there. Yeah. Someone's um, uploaded it to Amazon already. Right. So, um, so no, the, this this movie starts out nicely. That You've got one of the things that Disney didn't like was they, they didn't like the score. So they completely scrapped the score. They thought it was too dark. They bring in James Horner. Which is fine. Uh, but he brings in what I think is the evil theme from Star Wars. The. Yeah. He just fucking ripped that shit off. Yep. And um, so. But it's it's fine. I mean, the, 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 the music is the score is is OK. Um, I thought that the setting with us being Midwestern guys, maybe if you get a little bit further 
south in the Midwest, you get a few more hills. Yeah, or east. Or east. Yeah, but, but yeah, these, very mountainous Illinois. <laughs> right, the, the most mountainous yes. Illinois I've ever seen. Um, well, yeah, because we were watching it, Nancy's like, I think this is set in Illinois. I'm like, uh, no, absolutely not. There's <laughs> a fucking mountain right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. But they're like... The thing about, you know, the leaves turning, I mean, they, they capture that. Um, and it's funny, like. If you just showed me the town square. Yeah. And told me it was autumn. Nailed it. Yeah. You want to hear something creepy? I'm watching this movie and I hear a knock on the door. Oh. And it's uh, a neighbor of mine, but not one that I have ever talked to before. Like she lives in the house that I live in. Uh-huh. And so she was asking about some packages or whatever. And um, so then, you know, we figured that out. She went away. And then like five gave minutes. Her the package. Fi- yeah. Five minutes later. <laughs> right. Five minutes later, she goes back and uh, she knocks on the door again and is asking for another package. And um, and I asked. Sorry, I beat you too. I asked. <laughs> no, a second package. Sorry. Uh, but. <laughs> that's awesome no so i asked what her name is and it's autumn which oh. was kind of creepy yeah. because these uh carnival people are referred to as autumn people which i tried to think about that like first of all okay autumn makes sense for a setting for a movie in the midwest because it's when we're at our best yeah um but i think that there's probably something to it maybe from like a harvest angle with like them harvesting people in the town sure. that they would be an autumn people. I guess that that's, that's kind of a connection maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I do it's think the begin of like decay and death. Autumn yes. is essentially. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I, um, God, I, I wanted to find a poem that I wrote called Midwestern. Um, and I can only remember the first, the first lines are, um, Nothing changes here. Your grandparents live forever in the sounds of trains and the hum of appliances. Um, I'll find the rest of it sometime. Yeah. It's a good. It's What's good the rhyming scheme on that? Right. That's <laughs> a little chaotic. <laughs> um, you got to really look for it or, or just find it because I haven't. Um, yeah, it's just a. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, I actually will be. Uh, rec- Poetry jokes. I will will be reciting a full poem uh, later in the show. Oh, shit. That I wrote uh, about friends. Um, So, but yes, uh, I I think that autumn is, uh, it's the most beautiful time of year that we have here, but it does sort of have a little bit of creepiness, kind of like what you're saying, where like the temperatures are cooling down a little bit. Things are colorful, but only because they're dying. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So in it and, you know, the it's a little bit more ominous than just the sort of like fat and sweaty summer. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's creepy innately. Um, but uh, Jonathan Price in this movie, obviously, we, we've been kind of hailing him so far. The one thing that I really loved going back and watching this was that that's a role that somebody could have just hammed the shit out of. Yeah. And while he plays it with an enthusiasm, he almost has this weird sort of um, there's like a weird sort of desperation to him as well. Like um, like there are scenes when he's being menacing that it almost look like he's going to cry. Like, I mean, like he's like when he's searching for the boys. Yeah. 
it, it's it, he, which he's playing it right. He's playing it with a with a desperation to find them. Yeah. You know, um, so so well done. Yeah, and well, yeah, I like, and that is an aspect of this that I liked, and it's a bit that I forgot with the 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 with the the what's what's his fucking name, uh, Royal Dano, of like because yeah, he's they're torturing him. To find out when the storm is coming, because they have a weakness. Like the storm will expose them. Yeah. So there is a there. They don't seem like this infallible evil. Yeah. Thing like they definitely have also their weaknesses. Yes. Uh, which is not something I remembered and something I liked a lot. Um. But yeah, yeah, he he conveys that very well. Like there is a desperation. Like I we have shit we have to get done. We don't have time to fuck around. Right. And um. And so what what's happening with this carnival, for those of you who haven't seen it, they're sort of like, as I was saying, harvesting these townspeople by preying on their deepest uh, fears or desires or like the, I guess, the, the, the most desperate or saddest parts of themselves, you know, so yeah. you have this woman that is older and, you know, by all accounts, unattractive. And she used to be beautiful. So she's pining for that beauty of, of her youth. You have a man. This one's kind of funny. He's just a horny Italian guy. <laughs> <He's> a horny <laughs> man. That is another image that I remember as a kid of being very unsettling Ooh, when he, of, of all the women around him and him just fucking loving it. And I knew as a kid, like something bad is going to happen. to right. this guy. Like, no, no one has this good of a time for no reason. Obviously. And I don't know what I, I, I should have uh, checked this out. I don't know what time of year they were filming this. A lot of sweat happening in this movie. <laughs> well, he's a big guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you know what, though? He wasn't always a big guy. Let me show you a picture of Dick Davalos. Uh, he's credited as Richard Davalos in this. I know him as Dick Davalos. Uh, in uh, who was James Dean's co-star in East of Eden. Oh. So, um, and he was, and some of you who like the Smiths uh, will recognize him from uh, a cover of one of the Smiths uh, albums. Um, but uh, He was on the cover of a Smiths album? Yes. Wow. Um, was it from East of Eden or just another yes, picture? Oh, okay. Is. All right. Yeah, so um, Dick Davalos... Uh, was is actually a really good actor, um, and uh, he was handsome. Oh, damn! Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Good looking dude. And uh, but yeah, I couldn't believe when I saw his name on the credits. Like, holy fuck, that's Davalos. But um, I don't think he did. I'm a gonna whole... tell my kids that was an old picture of me because I look like him now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. It, if it worked for him, right. the last movie he did uh, was called Ninja Cheerleaders. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was his wow. last role. Um, but uh, but yeah, we got... Now, are the, those the, the cheerleaders are ninjas or they're just supporting the ninjas? Well, yeah, good point. Yeah, like... <laughs> Right. And they're like, could you quiet down? We're spies for Christ's sake. Silent assassins. <laughs> right. <laughs> just as the ones like putting like the bullhorn up to her mouth and just slowly lowering it back down again. <laughs> um, so a great, a great supporting cast that, and I guess as a, as I was watching it, man, you, you must've had the same thing that I was feeling where, where it was like, you don't realize how much of your the fiber of your being is made up by the things that you watched when you were young. Yeah. 
And as I'm watching this and I'm remembering like that football player who inexplicably is now missing an arm and a leg. <laughs> right. I'm assuming it's from a war. But, to, yeah. But, yeah. But or um, a bad game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Really, really That's like before we had protective pads and helmets. Yeah. You, you, you know, you'd you could, lose an arm and a leg. Yeah, for you a could touchdown. do helmet to helmet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, so back when real men played the game. <laughs> right. But he's like, uh, there's all this like sort of weird, you know, sort of sadness and, and desperation and like and maybe in a weird sort of way. And I don't want to get like heady and goofy about this, but. Maybe these people are sort of um they're kind of like carnival acts in their in their own lives. Um, you know, this guy that's just uncontrollably horny and yeah. like this guy that's missing an arm and a leg. Yeah. And and it's it's a guy who's just like, I just want money. It's all right. he pines for is money. So really what we've got here is a movie about not letting yourself be consumed by the things that trouble you the most yeah because then it becomes your life because that's the thing it's like the the guy that was so horny for ladies ends up becoming the bearded lady yeah so it's like you want women so bad i'll give you women i'll make you one you know i'll turn you into a woman yeah um so it's kind of like i guess be careful what you wish for it is could be like the alternate title for this movie um because it's like if you if you spend so much time worrying about the one thing that you're obsessed with, you're, you're, you're missing the rest of your life. And, and if you become consumed with it, it becomes your life yeah. and you lose all that other stuff. So it's, it's kind of a nice cautionary tale that way. Um, so as this movie plays out, I asked you when, when you were watching it, it was before I had gotten a chance to see it. I asked you, does it, does it take a while to get going? But it really doesn't. No. Like, it's pretty engaging from the beginning. Yeah. Even, yeah, because I thought, I was surprised at how quickly the carnival just started, like, taking people. Yeah. Like, it's like that morning. And it's in the daylight. Like, it's just that morning, first day of the carnival, we've already, like, taken three people. Yeah. Right. And, like, what happened to that dude on the Ferris wheel? <laughs> like, right. I know what happened to him ultimately, but, like, where was the transition there? Like, right. he was on the Ferris wheel, just loving life, sitting next to Pam Greer. And um, then uh, then it's just his cigar is left there. Yeah. If you're quitting cigars, don't watch this movie. Like, you're going to want one. I know. Really big. Even if you don't smoke cigars. I don't you're anymore. Really, but I was like, really, man, there was a time. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's funny that the cigar is left, but they lost like the thousand dollars that they gave the guy. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That disappeared. Now, a small um, price to pay for a soul. <laughs> right. Now, um, one thing that I was thinking about you about as I was watching it and hoping that it didn't go in this direction for your sake was that there's mention of Jason Robard's father, who we don't see in the movie, but um, but him being the town preacher. Uh, and him having encountered these autumn people before. Oh God, I don't remember that. And yeah, his diary. Yeah, he writes oh, about right, right, yeah, right, right, right. when they're in the library that night when when dark comes. So um, I was glad that they didn't go with a religious angle. Yeah, for because it, it's a little bit of a cheat. I mean, like you have something really, really unique set up here with this evil carnival, um, and beating it 
only comes from being happy, which makes for kind of a bizarre scene with Jason Robards later where they're trying to like finally beat this evil and in you know Jim Nightshade is is unconscious and Will is really upset about it and his dad is like be you know don't cry kind of gets shitty with him <laughs> right like like you real fucking shit. laugh right now <laughs> <laughs> right, right. yes um, he should be like just standing on the edge of a stage for every like stand up comedian out there like just like forcing people to laugh but um but yeah he's uh Robards is fucking great in this. I mean, like, I'm. Here's the thing. Like, that guy is a celebrated actor, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show my ignorance here. But like, is there like an esteemed role that he's played? I mean, I can't think of any where it's like. They're old. and I'm sure there are older people who would be like, of course. <laughs> but no, even I was looking up. You know, he did like some western shit. I mean, I don't know. He was in All the President's Men, but I don't know what he was in that. But it's like for people our age, he just had kind of cool roles in like Philadelphia and Magnolia. But oh, yeah, yeah, there's nothing I can be like, you know, he was like the grandfather in parenthood. He's just always been the grandfather yeah. in every movie I've seen <laughs> right. in my life. Oh, he's in Dream a Little Dream. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I've never okay. seen that before. No. Oh, do. No. Uh, you should see it. Sure. Uh, no, I'm, I will tell you later. You should see it. I think we've talked about yeah. this before. Um, and it's actually kind of cool. It's a weird little. We had to when we did Lost Boys. I'm sure we. Uh, oh, yeah. Came yeah. Up. Um, but uh, quick change using that. That uh, Bill Murray bank robbery movie. Uh, but yeah, nothing where I can be like, oh, right. The Jason Robards vehicle. Blank. Oh, Max Dugan returns. <laughs> Is that in there? I don't know. <laughs> that was uh yeah. Max He was an inherit the wind, but I don't know what his part was in that. Probably uh probably the lawyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, Clarence Darrow. Um doesn't look like it though, not from the Yeah, picture. Max Dugan returns. That's gotta be in there. Uh 80s somewhere. All right. But anyhow, which I mean again, it's we're not talking about a, a huge, you know. Blockbuster. Oh, here's the shocker. He was in Inherit the Wind with Kirk Douglas. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) That might have been a TV movie, though. That was a TV movie. Anyway. So, yeah. So, um, you can't talk about this movie with talking about, without talking about the, what I think is probably the most electrifying scene in it. And it's where Jonathan Price. It's nighttime. They're in the library. It's creepy. Yeah. Jason Robards is discovering about these autumn people. He's sharing it with Will and and Jim. They hear the something's coming and he tells the boys to hide, you know, up in the stacks. And then he's kind of quickly like out of nowhere confronted with dark with uh, Jonathan Price and Jonathan Price, you know, is is kind of needling him on what he knows is his weakness, which is his 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 age. Yeah. And he's offering him a youthfulness. If he'll just tell him where the boys are hiding. Right. And he's got this, this copy of this diary of Jason Robards uh, character's father. And he's doing this awesome thing where he's counting years as if they were pages in the book. And uh, he's saying like, you know, to be 30 years old, you know, a young man, you know, you have your whole life in front of you. 
um, you know, you, you can you can make a fortune, whatever it may be. And um, and then it's kind of almost auctioning these years off, yeah. you know, and then he'll he'll kind of waver on it. And then he does this really awesome, like gone. And then he like pulls out the page and it kind of lights on fire a little bit. Yeah. And uh, then he'll like rip out a few more pages, like like 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, you know, still a young man, you know, still in your prime. You know, and and uh, he kind of does. He doesn't say like going once, going twice, but it's kind of what he's doing. Yeah. And um, it's like I just wish that he was like a car salesman, like offering like people like a, a price on something, like offering him a deal, like yeah. like thirty thousand. It's a cheap price in today's market. You can have a brand new car for just thirty thousand dollars. Can you picture yourself in it? 30,000, gone, <laughs> 31, 32, 33, 35,000, still a deal. <laughs> this particular model, <laughs> like he's just so, so captivating, but without being like, here's the thing. I, I don't want to disparage any other actor, but this is the first one that comes to mind. If if fucking Al Pacino now did that scene, it oh. would be the most ridiculous, over the top bullshit. <laughs> right. But Jonathan Price has just the right amount of like panache, but with uh, without without taking himself out of the scene, we don't feel like he's hamming it because he knows it's a good bit. Right. He's still an actor in the moment. Right. And he never he never steps outside of that. Yeah. But yet is still yeah, anyone doing this for a paycheck is right. Because I was trying to think about that. Like if they did it because fucking a like remake this movie, especially if the only version I can get is on YouTube. Obviously, there are audiences out there who have not seen it or are not oh. asking for it or don't know it exists. Like all of those old Disney horror movies fucking instead of remaking your 10 year old animated film yeah. into a live action. Take some of these older cool movies that people will definitely remember, especially your older audiences, and sure. they would want to take their kids to. I, I tell you, anytime I mention this movie to people our age and older, like everybody has the same reaction of like, oh, I love that. Right. Like, oh, that was so creepy. Oh, that was awesome. I love that. I watch that all the time. Yes. Like bring this to a new audience or I don't know. Talk about it. <laughs> Show this version if you have to. Um, but no, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, and that would be really interesting to cast now. Yeah. And that was what I was trying to think of. Cause I mean, yeah, anyone is going to bring a little bit more to it, Ooh. which will happen when, you know, you re remake something. There's always going to be that. I've got to make it a little bit higher than the original. Right. Now he might be he might be a little too old now, but how fun would it be to have uh, Jonathan Price play the Richard uh, or Jason Robards? Oh, that'd role? be pretty good. That'd be interesting. He yeah. might be a little shade too old. I'm trying to think of what which actor would be good for Adam Dark. Driver. Mm. He's oh, my he, guy. He could. I, he we could. just saw White Noise with him, and I realized because there's a big uh, you know in the movie zeitgeist right now. Uh, I think Quentin Tarantino is the latest guy to kind of say something about it, just about how oh, there's no movie stars anymore. Yeah. Like, people don't go to movies for uh, people anymore, which is, I don't know, I guess 
in a way, not terrible. No, not, not a bad thing. Right. Uh, I go for a character instead. Like that's kind of the point. Sure. Of a story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Adam driver is my guy. Like I'll go see anything Adam drivers in now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. I, but maybe I, it's just cause I saw a movie with him. And I was like, I like him. No, I think that's a great, great choice. Um, for some strange reason, I have a desire, like, even if he played it perfectly, which I know that he could, I I think that somehow Bill Hader could do, like, a hilarious Ooh. version. I mean, like, it wouldn't be funny, but I think yeah. that he could do, like, he'd be interesting. Yeah, I, he would be. He just needs, and I know that he's done some dramatic stuff, um, but he just needs... He needs a turn that is really, really, truly not Bill Hader. Yeah. Um, I read an interesting article just. I'd uh, love to see Bill Hader doing Al Pacino doing this role. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Perfect. I read an interesting quote from Colin Hanks uh, recently. Um, and he, I don't know how they got on the topic of uh, John Candy, but he said that John Candy, and I agree with this a thousand percent, was one role away from being a, a very seriously well-regarded dramatic actor. Oh, sure. And and you see Dude, that he Im- should have gotten uh, at least a nomination for Plain Street. Oh, automobiles. fuck yes! Outrageous that he didn't. Oh god, he's so he's so good. And I, it's it's sad to even think about the movies that he could have done. Um, I think that guy could have absolutely just brought us all to tears with yeah. with anything that he was really working his way into because he was. He was that weird combination of like, he wasn't like, um, he himself isn't a joke, like kind of like Fred Willard is like, right. he's just always that, like nobody knows if Fred Willard really is that dim, you know, <laughs> right. he just always comes across that way. But John Candy is not that guy. Like, I mean, he was a talented performer, um, but I, th- I think he, I think it could have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. He and Tom a, Hanks did a lot of movies together. That's probably how that came up. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And I think that there's actually a new documentary about John Candy that's coming out. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be cool. Yeah. Um. And I kind of feel bad. Like I, uh, we have a mutual friend. Uh, we were doing a show one night. We were getting ready to to go on, and uh, this mutual friend of ours was uh, crying, and I'm like, "Hey, what's wrong?" And he's like, "John Candy died," and I'm like. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, no James Dean, but okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was, it's the only actor that's ever lived. (laughs) That's that's pretty accurate for the time. Yeah. That's probably exactly what I was feeling. I was kind of like John. Yeah. I I don't remember you crying over James Dean. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now get this time machine. Um, But, uh, but yeah, no, I it, that I think it would be a great thing to to remake because here's the thing. It's so long ago that the people that like you and I that saw it when we were young, that loved it, that wouldn't want to see it get ruined, it's so long ago, nothing's going to touch that. Yeah. Nothing's going to interfere with that. No. You could just bring it to a new audience. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, cuz there's nothing, you know, I'm not like Oh, no one could do the Jason Robards part like he did, you know, right? Like Jonathan Price. But I even say that not knowing it was him until right before we watched this. I mean, I just remember that character being creepy. Uh, Now rewatching it as Jonathan Price, I have a new appreciation for it. But yeah, there was no part of me that was like untouchable. No one else could do this with Jonathan Price. 
Yeah, um, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. Doesn't take away from our endorsement of him to say that somebody else could do something. Somebody else could also do something interesting with it. Yeah, it doesn't take anything away from Jonathan Price. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have wanted anything different. But I think it's a role that you could have a lot of fun with. And yeah, Adam Driver's a that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this part because we know that with these reshoots and things that I was talking about earlier that that there was bound to be a little bit of disjointedness. I noticed it at the end. Um, if you remember, there's, there's a point where Jason Robards character, you know, really realizes what's going on. He goes to save Jim and will he goes to the carnival. It's nighttime and he goes into this house of mirrors and he's sort of confronting his, you know, biggest fear or regret in life in a really cool scene. But, um, then it's kind of like, and and dark is there. Jonathan Price is there. In, yeah. And then it's like, bam, we're over at the carousel, and everybody's just already over there, like automatically. Yeah. It, it felt a little weird. Well, it's because he's able to usher Jim away, because he knows Jim. And that is uh, um, uh, covered more in the book. Okay. Because, yeah, when we first, you know, get to the carnival at the beginning of the movie, and the boys see the, they see the, our little hobbled guy go in yeah and he sees a vision of himself with arms and legs and that's why he goes in the hall of mirrors and then coming out is the old teacher and she seems a little bewildered but in the story jim goes in with her oh and has because he has this thing about being the younger one right and so that starts his desire to be older okay so that's how dark knows he's a little more susceptible to what he's offering Right. So that's how he's able to get Jim. And there, yeah, there is. Oh, fuck. I, but Dark is there in the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. And then and it's his Hall of Mirrors. What's that? It doesn't affect him, though. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, he's in the Hall of Mirrors and Jason Robards, you know, has his literally breakthrough moment with his son and they get out of there and it's kind of like they're running out of the Hall of Mirrors and then. Yeah, they it is run, a little They run quick. into where the carousel is, and then Dark is already there. But I mean, yeah. he's he's a mystical figure anyway. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, and then we get the reason why I asked you about if you remembered any scenes more in particular. I really, that um, Dark's death yes. on the carousel, like I remember, especially even that hobbled body, like oh, just yeah. like bag of bones that he is by the end. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that was, I really remember that, that visual stuck with me a lot yeah. as a kid. Um, the dwarf just like scooping him up. <laughs> right, oh. right. Um, no, it's cool. I mean, I think I think you're onto something with a remake or or something because... It's a story that is built for continuation. Yeah, I mean, it's, and make it a Disney Plus series because the book because I because this feels <laughs> excuse me like it feels like a short story. Yeah, but it's like a fucking book, right? Um, so yeah, you could easily make this a like eight part Disney Plus series. You could have it. You you I mean, if you wanted to do it in traditional like the way that they usually do things, you could even start it with like the character of Jason Robard's dad. Like you could do the original right. like you like an origin story and then, you know, stretch it all out over like different decades and yeah. that sort of thing. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Get Mike Flanagan to do it. Who's that? Uh he's the guy he did like Midnight Mass, uh Doctor Sleep. Dude, he is 
I started following him on TikTok. Uh huh. He's like a cool guy. Yeah. He is just like, and he looks, Mike, if you're listening, I'm sorry to say this, but he looks kind of dopey. Like he's just kind of like a, like bald, middle aged white guy. Like right. nothing about him, you're like, that guy works in pictures, you know? <laughs> uh, but he's, he has a fucking incredible sense of humor. Like his TikTok videos are, incredible are amazing they're really good wow um and he's just the hotness right now like he's not you know he did the haunting on hill house or whichever one that was on that netflix series uh he's just kind of the the horror guy right now and i don't know if this would be good for him now that i say it i don't know do your own thing mike you know what you're doing or you do go ahead and do it and then cast Jake Gyllenhaal as dark. Oh, come on, Tim. Now you're just <laughs> trying to appeal to me. How great would you be, I'm into it. Oh, that would be so fucking wow. awesome. Yeah, fuck you, Adam Driver. <laughs> right. Give us our boy Jake. Ooh. Oh, God. He could. Oh, he would be so fucking awesome. Yeah. God, but I, I, I'm I'm so excited about this. It's like it's happening. I like, want to do that Jake Gyllenhaal gif where he's like, yes, <laughs> yeah, as he's leaving the room. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I'm literally excited about this in the way that it would like if it as if it was actually happening. Right. Like this is all being put now together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like this thing is never going to come out. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. Look, uh, uh, every single person that saw this, like I said, that is still obsessed with it, can't be wrong. I mean, is it going to be dated for somebody that watches it now? I guess so. But I mean, like, it's kind not of, that bad, though. No, not at all. Well, because it's a period piece in and of itself yeah, already. Exactly, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to. But there's see- definitely, yeah, technique or a, a feeling when you watch it that feels early. 80s yeah but it's not um yeah it's i mean and okay some of the effects are kind of along the lines of well they are animation yeah literally. so some of them i do so, like that classic disney wisp yeah. smoky look yes, like yeah. i don't think disney knew how to do that they don't need to update that <laughs> no like, that would be awesome if works, that works for Cruella Deville. smoke yeah <laughs> works for any like any evil thing just that little <laughs> cartoon smoke floating around no, it's it's great, and I I'll tell you what I I wondered if if this was going to be because I was kind of touting it as like creepy or like it freaked me out when I was a kid or whatever, and I'm like oh shit like I've been talking this up I'm going to watch it and it's going to be just really tepid yeah uh, I I looked over my shoulder a couple of times when I was watching it I I, I will admit I kind of I've got this like stairway that comes up you know from the the entrance uh, to the outside in my place. And yeah, I kind of had to look back over and make sure nobody's <laughs> coming up there. What's awesome about it is that in that scene where the spiders are, are happening, I have this like a uh, hot water baseboard heating uh-huh. and it does this like, Oh yeah. So I'm getting like 4d action going as I'm watching this. Like it's like total surround sound, but real. It was, it was an awesome experience. I, I really, I really, really like this. Yeah. And I think that this is a movie that appeals to plenty of people. Look, if anybody listens to this show and they've got like a kid that they're interested in getting into horror, this is a great 
a great stepping stone. Yes. Um, because, I mean, it, it, it's creepy. Um, but, I mean, there's obviously nothing overtly gross. No, it's not it. gory at all. No. So um, it's, the, it's the worst part where it's just like your fucking mind. Right. <laughs> creates all the shit. Exactly. And so, yeah, you could introduce. Uh, th- this could be a nice introduction into to horror movies for a, a younger person. Um, also, if you are somebody like us. You know, we could have never covered this and we could have just talked forever about like, oh, that was so cool. But fucking watch it again. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm telling people like you definitely check this out. It's free. It looks great, like you said. And it's it's still just as entertaining. So I would highly recommend if you've seen this movie before, like we did when we were kids, watch it again. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I recommend it as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one where and I, too, was like, how will this translate, you know? What's it going to be like watching it now? And I'd started it, and then Nancy came in and was like, what are you watching? I was like, oh, something wicked this way comes. She's like, Ray Bradbury, I wanted to watch this. And I'm like, I'll start this over, no problem. Like, I've enjoyed it so far. I have no problem, like, re-watching it, so. Did she like, I watched it one and a half Did times. she pipe up, like, at certain scenes and be like, that's so Bradbury right there. <laughs> Classic Bradbury. That is so Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet man. You take a no. lot of heat on this show. Yeah. I yeah. love you. She's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I recommend the shit out of it. Um, I promised a poem. Yeah. So uh, I, I was thinking about this because of the movie and it being about friends and that sort of thing. It was right before. It was literally getting ready for my 30th birthday not getting ready like it's coming up like that night like getting dressed uh-huh. and it was starting with meeting some friends at the bar and then i believe we went if maybe from there to here okay i think that was my 30th and so as i was getting ready i wanted to like put a a poem together just to offer up to the the friends that were there um, so the only thing I was thinking like friends, friends, the only thing that popped into my mind was, uh, flying the friendly skies. Okay. So that's the title of the poem. And, uh, the poem goes like this. Let's see if I can remember. Um, our parents told us to make a friend like some paper airplane blank page to bend, but better. They should have known how friends are caught and not thrown like you who have landed here with me stowed away in your landing gear. You've taken me for a ride, pulled in, pushed out from inside. The flight you flew for free, hijacked by my heart, fly me to wherever you're going. Don't care, because I'm knowing that even if we crash, our burning bones will bind as ash that's swept into the sky. Friends into family now, you and I. And not a moment too soon takes the sun to light the moon. I love how you started that with, let's see if I can remember this. <laughs> I, might have, I might have run through it a couple of times, you know. But, uh, that was very yeah. good. <laughs> nice little poem about one of my, one of the rare poems of mine that doesn't, you know. Yeah, there was no fast so talk about a dick or, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no jizz no, in that poem. No jizz, no butt fingering. Like, what the hell is that? Um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. A, nice. A nice For a nice movie about friends, you get a nice poem about yeah. friends. Oh. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Um, so you missed your calling as a poet. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, so we're kind of like uh, we're finger deep into this uh, <laughs> mini series here about kids. Well, yeah, we're just starting the outside. We're just setting it in on it, <laughs> right? Yeah, just the rim, just the rim right, job. Yeah. yeah, just the rim job. I'll see what the reaction is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> We will. Cancel. I don't think. A, I don't think a mini series about kids could have gone any other way. Yeah. You, <laughs> look, nobody can cancel you if you cancel yourself. Right. Right. One step right. ahead. Thankfully, that's not a thing. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not at all. Yeah. Do you got anything about like the last three years you want to bring up? Well, um, no, because we're kind of at the tail end here. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it, Any well, reflections? You know, I've I've gone back uh, and I, I've listened to a lot of of earlier episodes, and I think that um, a lot of what I'm most proud of is the fact that, like I've said it before a million times, but that we we really don't plan anything aside from our just little separate uh, research and that sort of thing. Everything just kind of comes out organically. So yeah. I think that part's really cool. Um, I think that I don't know if there's. I'll tell you if if I'm gonna. Rather than spend my time here, you know, praising us and patting us on the back, I'll, I'll gripe a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I would love to hear more from the listeners. I, I really would. And it's, yeah. and it's not. I mean, look, there's no obligation other than I'm just thrilled with the fact that you're listening, and and I, I don't expect anything more than that. I'm thrilled with it, but um, I really would love for people to just kind of reach out a little bit. I mean, even if they want to say like Clive Barker is the best filmmaker ever, you know, whatever it might be like, um, I'd love to hear more from people. This, this going into this new year, like that would be fun for me. Yeah. You know, even if they just wanted to send, it doesn't even have to be anything that we're talking about. If they want to be like, Hey, I ranked the Friday, the 13th movies. What do you think? Or whatever. Um, yeah, I just, if you're listening to this and, you have any questions or even comments about horror? Like I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Send that stuff in. I mean, I, it'd be neat to get a little feedback that way. Yeah. That'd be nice. But I mean, no, I, I guess, I guess that's something that I would look forward to for this year is if, if there's a way for us to, I mean, I I'd like to try another live show um, under, you know, a little bit better circumstances. <laughs> um you know, it, it just there was just a lot going on that day. So I'd like to try that uh, at our our local watering hole. Yeah, and yeah, a different um, setting might be a little more appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> gonna get some merchandise out there, possibly. Oh, you've been talking this up for so Probably long. Probably <laughs> not ever gonna get. Well, no, I'm gonna keep salivating people over the. Uh, the commentary track with these slumber party massacre TV movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've, we've still got that. Um, <laughs> but no, there's, I guess what I'm saying, my point is that I'm getting, but I don't mean to meander, but my point is, is that I still am excited about the fact that I feel like we have a lot of stuff to do yet. Yeah. Like there's ways for us to take things to another level and uh, there's still plenty of movies out there. I get excited as hell when people bring us movies that they're like, oh, my God, have you heard of this? And we're like, yeah, we heard about it a year ago. Right. But I mean, but not to be dicks about it, but like a lot of times I haven't heard of something. Are you talking about Cocaine Bear? Yes, uh, I am specifically. <laughs> oh, wait, I got a, I got a oh, yeah. Cocaine Bear uh, funny thing. Because, yeah, if anyone's seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear, it's going to be crazy, I'm yeah. sure. 
whether it'll be good or not is still uh, something to be seen. But I saw a great couple comments where someone was like, I can't wait for people to be disappointed in this like they were in Snakes in a Plane because they went to a movie for one line and then someone just commented like, the bear does way more than one line. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Yes. Yeah. No, but I'll tell you, but you know, here's the thing. I'm going to get off my high horse. Um, You know, yes, that movie we did hear about before. But you sent me that link for that fucking terrifying Oh, Skinamarink? Oh. Which already... Like that movie is not is unavailable. It like what played at one festival. That movie has already run the gamut of uh, masterpiece to what a piece of shit. Yeah, no one has seen it. Right, and it's already like that movie is uh, going to blow your mind. To this movie is for people who just think grainy footage is scary. <laughs> right. Hey, I'll I'll based on that great trailer, trailer though. Yeah. Oh, that trailer is so good. And In the this funny, house. yeah. What's funny is is that I was first watching it without sound because it was at work. So oh, I was like, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if and I, I, my hand to God that this <laughs> that this happened? I'm like, it would be awesome if that was repeated because I couldn't hear it. Uh-huh. And not only is it repeated, but it starts to get modulated, yeah. and it's like but that come upstairs line oh (laughs) terrifying it looks like an it 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 comes across like a nightmare yeah very very cool looking so yes i haven't heard of everything um i don't know everything that there is to know about horror and so yeah um i'm excited that there's still a lot more ground for us to cover and it's gonna fucking rule yeah i can't wait yeah i like that you know especially for my Going into this limited knowledge of horror, being able to recommend cool movies to people now, like I recommended It's Alive to a friend of mine. Yeah. And he just texted me. He's like, this movie is fucking intense. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it is, man. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, hitting like surprising things like hide and go shriek that I would never, ever watch <laughs> in my right. life and then be like, wow, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Um, and it, I, you know, I feel like we kind of got lucky in not to say like horror has not been a popular genre forever, but I do feel like over the last couple of years, like we ha- like horror itself has hit and maybe it's just because as the internet works, as I consume it, that's what the internet's pushing on me mm. and like stories about it or whatever through whatever algorithm is used. It just feels like we're in another like peak horror genre era. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. And you know, and yeah, that's, that's, you've got that peaking. You've got us going into our third season, which is always like the best season of any TV show. Yeah. No, we're going into our fourth season. Oh, we're going into our fourth season. We're finishing the third season. Okay. Well, season. yeah, that, that, yeah. that holds true then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like going back and listening, like I, a friend of ours said something very sweet and, and I always say that like, oh, you know, I recommend people to listen to the show like maybe halfway through like our episodes. And he was like, no, you guys hit the ground running like from the beginning. Um, I go back and listen to some of those <laughs> right. early ones. And we were kind of finding our footing, but but it was always great. It's just but I they think, weren't incompetent, though. No, I mean, yeah. no. Yeah. So. um So, no, I th- I think that, yeah, we're really hitting our stride here. Yeah, it is weird how. Like without even looking at the clock, like we can pretty much do an hour and a half without, but we know like when it's yeah. an hour and a half. If, yeah, you can it feel it. It's really odd. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it. Where are we at now? Uh, 
Hour 27. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, right in the sweet spot. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot more to come. Uh, please, people, reach out with with ideas, comments, thoughts, whatever. I, I'd love to hear from you. That would make it that much more fun for us to, to get that feedback from you and know what you love and hate and all that good stuff. It so. is kind of exciting that our friends are starting to listen, too. Yeah. I mean, I like- that is I am proud of that. Like, our show was not like just people we knew listened like no one I knew listened. Right. Well, and that's the thing because, and I get it. Like if you already know a friend and you've known him for decades, it's like, I don't need to listen to this guy fucking <laughs> exactly. ramble yeah. on for an hour and a half. thing I'm not really interested in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. My friends did a soccer podcast. I probably would not listen to it a lot. It, no. Um, and so like if they did it for two years, then I'd be like, I'll start listening. Seems like you guys are serious about this soccer podcast. Right. Right. Well, in and I don't know how much butthole fingering you can get into in, in a soccer <laughs> podcast, but I mean, if you can work that in, it's you know, oh, people can you hear imagine that. they just like roll around on the ground acting like it hurt for oh, yeah. twenty minutes, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I barely touched you, and you're like, like thrusting your like your pelvis forward. <laughs> Like just both hands clutching your buttocks, like just rolling back and forth. Poor thing. <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry. Oh, I'm good trying times. to not cough when I'm laughing. I feel like I've like <laughs> developed a new laugh in this episode. Like this weird hard. That's great. <sighs> well, I mean, you you did it though. You you made it through. You were sick as hell. You had yeah, no voice three days ago. Yeah. And yeah, we I just feel got, like I'm bad. like it's just deteriorated over yeah, the oh last yeah. hour and a half. I'm sure well, we had an episode like that recently. Yeah. You, oh, was it the Halloween episode? Yeah, where yeah. I just <laughs> get like continually like like this nice gradient <laughs> like fade. Almost three hours. Of talking. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Right. Oh, that was a good episode. Yeah. So I I listened. I hear a lot of people say like I'm I'm still on the Halloween episode. <laughs> right. Like I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, the Spotify does like a unwrapped like at the end of the year and they'll show you like what music you listen to the most and they do have a podcast section. And I do not listen to our show, but it's like number three on my list and I'm like, it's because I listened to a Halloween episode. Right. Yes. <laughs> Just one time. Right. Yeah, that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to do the rest of this without coughing. So that was uh, Something Wicked This Way comes from 1983. Join us next week as, uh, you know, for kids continues from 1986. I'm excited to do this. Our first and probably only musical. Woo! Little Shop of Horrors. One of my favorites. Like, I wouldn't even need to watch this, but I can't wait to watch it again. I was I was so invested in it that I literally messaged a person from high school that I haven't talked to. I don't think I talked to when I was in high school. Oh, Jesus. She played Audrey in our high school's uh, version of it. Okay. Tiffany Myers. Yeah. And um haven't talked I if I barely spoke to her at all. She was, you know, older than me and closer to my sister's age, but um I just like I had a memory of how our high school staged it. Which apparently was my Tom memory Co is, in that was he wasn't he Seymour? Um, no, I think that was Clay Arnett. Oh, okay. And then two I very believe, talented guys. And then um, and then Mark Hanner was the Audrey too. Yeah. Uh, so it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, f- for a high school production, fucking amazing. Yeah. I saw uh, that. I was in middle school and yeah. just 
I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do theater. Yeah, it's so good. But I had this mental image. It's funny how the memory works. Like, I had a mental image of something being staged completely differently than it actually was. And uh, I had to reach out to her like, am I right about this? And she's like, she was very sweet. And she's like, no, but, you know, <laughs> we did it this way. But she was very sweet about it. And I, but yet, we'll talk about it on that episode. I think I know a better way to stage uh, oh, a very important geez. part of that show. So we'll get to that. But no, the musical part is fun. Um, I think that's going to be like, I think that's going to be like one of our most successful episodes. I really feel like that. I mean, like yeah. everybody loves musicals. <laughs> Human Centipede, a Serbian film, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> right. It's a natural progression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Uh, please, for fuck's sake, shoot us an email. <laughs> Somebody. Slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out all our other, uh, stuff we got out there. YouTube. <laughs> god damn it. Oh, god. Uh, fuck it. Tim, do you got anything else to say about something wicked this way comes? I guess just the, like, it's so funny to know, like, the first part of that, that quote, um, by the pricking of my thumbs, like, it kind of ties in with our whole. That's how it started. I was trying to incorporate the well poem into the recap. Well, we got, we got fingers and buttholes. So, I mean, we at least got that. What's a whole new twist on how, which way you come. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wicked is it? Yeah, for for those listeners in Boston, um, <laughs> yeah, something wicked this way. Thumbs, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna die, Tim. We'll okay. see you next week. Bye. Bye.